this. I can relate to being in love with somebody that is too afraid to show the world who they are. Ah! What are you doing in the closet? I'm here to rescue you. Are you the ex-boyfriend? Yes, I am very sexually attracted to her. Mm. A female. I nailed that, and she is fabulous. <laughs> Dude, not as fabulous as this show, Court Killers! Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood. And most importantly, that was what? Uh, 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 what's the name of this show? Happiest Season. Is that right, Bryce? That's right. This is a film coming to Hulu November 25. A lot of big stars in this. Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis are the two leads. Dan Levy's in there. You saw in that clip. Aubrey Plaza. Uh, Mary Steen, Steenbergen is, all, is in it. Yeah. Uh, this looks cute. This is a lesbian holiday rom-com where... Uh, a young woman is intent on proposing to her girlfriend at her family's holiday gathering and discovers that her girlfriend is not out to her conservative parents and has to keep up the facade that she is an orphan. Uh, it looks like a really cute. Uh, apparently this was going to be in theaters and then COVID happened. So now it's going to be on Hulu. I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that because that makes me right somehow. Like that was the first question I had was, was uh, like, this like, is a like, lot of big names for Hulu. Was this originally meant to be a Hallmark show and then they, they decided to cast A-list celebrities in it? Or was this meant for theaters <laughs> and then ended up being, I mean, it ended up in the same place either way. Yeah. This uh, supposedly Sony was supposed to distribute this, but then uh, they sold it to Hulu. So that's coming November 25th. It's a film. It's not a, it's yeah, it, it looks like it's a it's a like a 2020 spin on Love Actually with mm -hmm. all these big names. You know? Although although a not irrelevant story, you know, it's mm -hmm. a, a, a there have been times a, where that's the, always the case with those those is they're relevant stories packaged into the Hallmark Christmas. But I, format, I, I, right? I guess I suppose what I'm what I'm what I'm hinting at is that there are times I see that and it looks artificially wedged in to take advantage of a trend or whatever. This this does not seem to be that because this sounds like something I expect a lot of people have have experienced. <laughs> and it looks really uh, it looks really good. I usually don't like any of these rom-coms, especially holiday films, but this looks really cute. I think I'm going to check this out. I don't know what you all are throwing shade at Christmas prints for, but you know, <laughs> look, whatever. <laughs> I had an idea, but I'm not going to do it. All right. Well, let's Shall get we move to, the on primary. to the primary target. <laughs> yes, that, what you said. <laughs> Netflix is testing the thing we've been asking for a Netflix channel. We just need to move to France and we can try it out for a month. Uh, it's already up. Uh, it went up November 5th. Uh, it will show movies and TV series from Netflix in an ongoing stream. When you when you get to that channel, which they call direct, it will be in the middle of something, most likely, unless you happen to hit it right at the top uh, of, a, of a series or, or a movie. Uh, you can only do it in the web browser. It's not in the Netflix apps. It uh, will be broadly available to French Netflix subscribers until early November. And to be clear, this is not part of something like a Pluto TV or something like that, or you have to go no, to a specific website. No, this website is in. Just you go to Netflix.com, okay, so and if you're within, in France okay. or appear to be in France, uh, you can click on Direct, and you'll just get the channel, and it'll be on, like like as if it were on a Pluto TV or a cable TV service, uh, but only in the Netflix website. I suppose what I'm what I'm exploring uh, here's where my head is at is is. Um, to just offer this as something on top of like, like you have to be a subscriber to Netflix and what you do is get a less flexible version of Netflix with essentially the same features um, uh, makes no sense unless you're piloting it 
for eventually what would be a uh, discovery platform. So when you, if they were to do this on a Pluto TV or or a Hulu TV or make all of the partnerships, so like like or YouTube TV or whatever, so that uh, and then you know some ad supported, some you no no ads or whatever, then then that seems like a really good way to get people into the Netflix ecosystem. But man, all this just smells like beta test to me. Am, am I wrong? Yes, it, it it is avowedly beta test. Yeah. It, it does. It, it's supposed to. It, they are baking beta test, and if you smell beta test in the kitchen, that's that's why. Because this is we're trying this out. Uh, they're going to try it out in France. Uh, Meryl Barr uh, pointed out that France has some content creation and content streaming laws, uh, and Europe has some coming into place. Uh, in the next uh, little while. And so this might be a way to help them adapt to those laws. Uh, but either way, it's a test. It's them saying like, let's try this out. Let's see how people use it. Let's see what they use it for and what effect it has. And then we can go from there. So they very well may take what they learn here and decide to do some kind of public facing uh, channel. Uh, don't forget they're they're doing sort of a, a a free preview in India, not of this, but just of Netflix uh, in general, in order to kind of get people into the tent. Uh, and they're not doing the 30-day free trials anymore. So right. there's all kinds of things that they're going to try. And I wouldn't discount the idea of a Netflix Direct being a thing that they occasionally make available for everybody just to sample Netflix stuff. Which, which I still think it makes sense even to subscribers who are like, I don't know what to watch let me just watch the Netflix channel and then maybe I'll get an idea and find something I love and then keep watching it. Uh, two thoughts. Number one, as somebody who wants exactly that thing, um, I think the closest I get right now is the fact that they start blasting the middle of a scene the moment I go to Netflix.com on, on a uh, website. Uh, number two, it occurs to me that that you and I grew up in a world, Tom, where exactly the thing you're suggesting used to happen. Uh, if you ever had cable but not premium cable, then there was a confusing weekend or two where you would be going through the channels and suddenly you had showtime. You're like, whoa. What's going on here? Sometimes they had watermarked sign up for Showtime. It's free Showtime weekend. Same with the movie channel and HBO or whatever. But but uh, to the, my other point for discoverability, it's um, uh, I, I just came up with a use case that does not involve this being a beta test. Uh, let's say this becomes a popular curated way to consume Netflix stuff that doesn't require a lot of thought. Then you get to kind of um, push something under the spotlight when you have something that you want a lot of Netflix people to see all at once. And, and that's, uh, I understand that algorithmically what you could do is you could say, oh, per this uh, age demographic, location, ethnicity, and so on, they should like this, so let's go algorithmically. But every so often, like I think about back in the days of Revision 3, um, Somebody somewhere said, well, we have a Dignation event, seems like we should have an opening act, seems like uh, scam school could be an opening act. And so scam school was, and, and ended up being enough of a fit that people who have told me repeatedly, they never in a million years would think they would watch a magic education program, started watching it specifically because they wedged something that barely fit into this spotlight spot. And, and Netflix remember we, we covered uh, previously says we want to go hit to hit to hit. And one of the ways you make a hit is put it in front of people. Uh, you, you, people underestimate just how much we react to having seen something uh, and turn that into wanting to see something. When you have to sit there and make a choice, 
every choice feels like it might be a loss, right? Well, that looks good, but what if I started and it's not? If suddenly something's in front of you and you're like, oh, wow, that looks cool. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, I like this character. Now your, your decision is made for you. And you may then leave direct and go to the actual series and start watching it from the beginning. But this is the way you make a hit. This is why top 40 radio works. You just put something in front of people and suddenly they go, oh, I like that now. Here's the other thing is it gives you an opportunity. Let's say what you want is less for people to watch the actual thing, but instead what you want is to cause chatter about it. If everything is algorithmically generated, then let's say, let's say one day um, I log into Netflix and there's a gr dark gritty cartoon reboot of house of cards only the president is a robot uh and he's beating up a a, a, a monster barack obama right if i say what is netflix thinking about this crickets nobody's gonna talk about it because nobody happened to algorithmically get that weird ass version of the show however if you have one channel that you can intentionally put something so bizarre that people are gonna say what are they thinking and with everybody this? Everybody can and see everybody... it at the same time. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, all of a sudden, we all have something to talk about. And that thing happens to be the newest weird thing that's on Netflix. Yeah, I, I think this is brilliant. Uh, Showtime does this. They, they put their linear channels in their app, even if you're not a cable subscriber. Peacock has a bunch of these channels in there to just be like, hey, check this out. We've got our own mini Pluto with all the stuff that we have available. Uh, so... I think it's smart for Netflix to try it. May not work. Maybe that the Netflix audience is like, yeah, that's cool, but I'm never going to use it, which is why they're testing it to find out. Uh, but I kind of love this idea because there are times when I, I know I like Netflix things and I would just like them to show me a thing that isn't a trailer, that isn't an advertisement, that isn't like blasting me because I happen to be sitting on that page. That is, I chose to let you show me things, but I didn't have to choose what. Now show me what you got. You know what? On top of not having to think, I wonder if they could position the channel. So what usually happens is you have a mega brand that defines the brand and then you start breaking it out into subgenres, you know, like HBO, HBO two, HBO. Uh, yeah. Signature HBO Latino. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder if Netflix could like right out of the gates say uh, some version of, and I don't know how you would condense this in a clever way, but basically uh, everyone else, you it, it's the channel filled with nothing but stuff that we know by the numbers all your friends are already talking about and by all your friends we mean the entire united states like you or ketchup uh, netflix ketchup where it's like just turn it on and then and and it'll be fine waterfall television that that you will now know what everybody's talking about when it comes to all of these big netflix originals i i i i think it's cool that they're trying this and i'm very curious what they find what works uh and what what they end up continuing with if if and when they expand to other markets yeah okay so sorry i'm already writing a, a five-point business plan it begins with the one channel then you break out the other channels then you start making mm, partner strategies with hulu and youtube and all that stuff then you eventually start doing ad supported versions on your plutos or whatever and at some point it's nothing but friends 24 7 uh well you don't have rights to friends no 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 no, no. Uh, sorry that's f r y n d s oh, they're about oh, the robots seven yes. robots that <laughs> all secretly hate each other no one programmed you to understand it would be this way but there are triangles in between the letters. <laughs>
<laughs> hey, folks, uh, these kinds of ideas don't come cheap. And that's why we're very glad that you support us on Patreon. Yeah, man. Some might call these ideas priceless or garbage <laughs> or useless, <laughs> but not you guys, not the fabulous 1,000 plus patrons who keep us loud, live, and independent over at patreon.com slash cord killers. Look, man, we have loved bringing you the best and brightest of all of the ways to watch everything that you want on whatever device you want. And it's all because of our bosses. Become a boss right now. Patreon.com slash cord killers. You get your special RSS feed. You get uh, you get everything all at once. You don't have to wait for individual episodes. And you get our super secret after talk where we talk about, guess who? You. That's right. You right now. We talk about you. And the only way to find out what we're saying about you is to join us in after talk. Oh, wait. The only way to get there is to go to Patreon.com slash cord killers. It's just the truth. All right. Let's talk about how to watch. All right. Here's a, here's another one in the same vein, uh, Brian, as, as far as like maybe this is a business plan. The Wall Street Journal sources say Comcast and Walmart are in talks to develop smart TV. Uh, Comcast would provide the smart TV software. That's the key to my mind to understand this story. It would run on the TVs, which would be made by a third party, probably a TCL or somebody like that who can just make a, a white label brand. Uh, and then it would be, of course, promoted and sold by Walmart in Walmart stores and in Walmart online. Uh, it might even have Walmart branding. Comcast software would work nationwide. This would not be tied into its cable service, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, it might encourage growth of Peacock, or Zumo. Uh, Zumo is Comcast's version of Pluto. Uh, Walmart has an existing partnership already to sell TVs running Roku's software under the ON brand, O-N-N. But I think this is incredibly smart on Comcast's part, Brian, to say, look, we developed this software for our Xfinity boxes. And for years, we've been positioning ourselves for this inevitable day by saying, we're gonna run Netflix on the Comcast boxes. We're gonna run all kinds of apps on the Comcast boxes. We're even gonna create a streaming service called Flex that doesn't even use our cable TV service uh, that we provide. Why wouldn't you, if you're Comcast, want to get in on what Roku has been doing and pivot to being the operating system provider? I mean, Roku just had crazy good earnings because they're selling advertising. And the reason they're able to sell advertising is because their platform isn't just on Roku boxes, it's also on a bunch of TVs. I feel like maybe we talked about this on DTNS, but but I don't think on frame rate or cord killers, we've talked very much about just white label marketing in general. If, if you're unfamiliar, it turns out that when you go to McDonald's, there's not a a, a, a slaughterhouse called McDonald's. Uh, they, they What they do is they source uh, processed meats through Cargill and many other uh, companies to specifications. Cargill, the company, not the screenwriter. Not, not the screenwriter. Although, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, uh, that dude just earned himself three stakes uh, by his predictions in the betting market. Uh, but the uh, uh, but the but the important thing is that um, the actual brands that you buy from are not necessarily the people who make the things. Even even you know uh, my little store scam stuff. We don't make everything in shop. There's some stuff we make in shop, but uh, but likewise uh those same people like once they set up the grape juice making factory uh there ain't no reason to turn it off once they've fulfilled all those orders so they just they just fill up blank bottles and then they put the word kirkland's best on there and it turns out you're getting you know welch's grape juice or whatever that's the thing people are most familiar with probably is your your house brand at your grocery store whatever it's called that's not made by the grocery store. That's made by the same people who are making the other brands on the shelf. They just put a different label on it. Right. And so in this case, we have somebody who's already solved the equipment problem.
problem of how to deliver high quality of, of pro programming, technically speaking, and maybe from a license standpoint, I, I don't know. Uh, and, and nowadays people are brighter about what they ask for when it comes to these longstanding agreements. Let's say there's a five-year lease on, uh, for example, we were talking about friends earlier. Uh, that ends up being a very big deal uh, when all of a sudden you don't have it anymore. And if you could offer it to Walmart and they're, and they're like, well, we have this. And they're like, well, what are we supposed to do with it? And the answer is literally whatever you want. If you'd like to, you could create a brand new service called WTV, or you could say, you know, it's the, the simple box or, or you could brand it however you want. But what you know for a fact is we have the equipment, we have the hardware, we have the licenses, we have the agreements, you have the distribution. Um, I would think this is where my branding brain comes in, Tom, is I would imagine that they would probably dodge using wall anything or anything Walmart related. Yeah, the, just the Roku TVs are called on O N N. They're not called Walmart TV. Right, right, exactly. So, so, um, uh, and and uh, and I guess I guess Walmart, uh, uh, depending on what their agreement with with Roku is, you know, they're in a position where they get to decide you know, uh, placement of, of whether or not something goes on the end cap, uh, whether or not something is, is cheaper than the other one, whether or not they sell certain things as loss leaders. Um, this, this is a very, very big deal. And I know it sounds like boring nuts and bolts stuff, but this, this is how empires are made. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as, as many jokes as are already being made in, in our chat uh, right now about Comcast branding and what it means, uh, Xfinity as a brand is actually fairly strong. And, I wouldn't be surprised if when you turned on this Walmart sold TV that's made by somebody like TCL, like it says Roku, when you turn on a TCL, it might say Xfinity and a lot of people would feel, be comforted like, oh, it's just like the Xfinity cable TV. So if I'm switching from cable, I just want it built into my TV. I go to Walmart. They're like, look, it says Xfinity. It's the same stuff you get, but easier to set up and it's built right into the TV. That is a sales proposition that's not going to work on us, the viewers of Cord Killers, for six years, but it's going to work on a lot of people. And what Comcast gets out of it, maybe they may even cut Walmart in on this, is an ongoing revenue stream. Once you buy that TV and are using that interface, they're, like Roku, selling ads into those videos. Not even necessarily ads on the interface, although they do that sometimes too. Ads in the apps uh, that use their operating system and it's an ongoing revenue stream for Comcast. Uh, and, and so Walmart gets to sell a TV. Comcast probably can provide this software almost zero charge to Walmart because they're going to make money off of it going forward. So this is one of those cases where if, we, if we're overly reductionist in what the headline reads, it, realize, it, it reads as the hardware manufacturer you hate most and the <laughs> distributor you despise the most and combined together to create the TV that you hate the most. Now, let's reverse that. What if I told you, think about how much you enjoy a Reese's peanut butter cup, right? And what if I told you, hey, we've done the reverse engineering. And do you realize this is the worst peanut butter brand and the worst chocolate brand? You would immediately say, yeah, but I like the way they taste together. They're pretty good. And that, that's what this is. So it, it's, it's either the, the Reese's or the, the grassy poop of, of televisions. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that metaphor in a, in a little different direction. People watching and listening to Court Killers are fans of Justin's peanut butter cups. They're like, Reese's? Why would you do that? I would 
get a Trader Joe's peanut butter cup. I would all get right, a first Justin's. Of all all of y'all need to be uh, uh, taken out in the backyard and shop because the only true butter cups are sun butter cups because sunflower butter is better than peanut butter. That is the that's the cord killers audience. But the majority <laughs> of people shopping at Walmart are buying Reese's peanut butter cups, right? Fair enough. But 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 the point is is um once you divorce the technology and the licenses away from the brand and you let a different group of people figure out how to combine these two things to to make it something that is tasty on its own um i mean walmart has proven itself time and time again to be able to put together those deals and so it seems to me like this could really really be good i mean if everybody hated Walmart, Walmart wouldn't have any stores. Now you could well, okay. argue everybody Comcast- does hate Walmart and they do have stores. I don't know that everybody hates them though. I think That's my even point. Walmart hates Walmart. Is Tom, what I'm we're getting, getting a report that everybody hates Walmart. So yeah, I don't know if you want to double check. I think they're self-loathing. I don't like this everybody that. stuff. But <laughs> they're shy Walmart voters. Is what if they you are. Can just, <laughs> they're shy Walmart voters. <laughs> I can't admit I love Walmart, but I secretly love. No. Uh, I'm just, what I'm saying is Walmart stays in business because people do shop there. Comcast may stay in business because they have a monopoly over certain areas, but I think it's overstated how, 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 you know, how many people might look at an Xfinity logo and think negatively. So I, I, you know, just trying to I, I, push I agree. I, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I understand it's easy to, um, I think anybody feeling anything negative about this story Allow me to suggest that maybe you're feeling more negative about those brands, but don't think of them as brands. Think of them as ingredients that might go into mm-hmm. a good thing. Like, like right. for example, and, like, and- like, like, like uh, peanut oil you may hate because it's the worst peanut oil ever. But when you need something to lubricate an axle on your vehicle, uh, it's probably just as fine as anything else. And and you may not be a representative sample. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Think um, about that guy. <laughs> there's somebody named guy out there that i just offended yeah uh sorry guy uh we have some sad news brian Do uh, it was announced monday that sling box not sling tv the streaming service sling box the old box that let you take your cable or over-the-air television and stream it back to yourself over the internet is being discontinued this is uh, very few people know this, but if you're an, an OG fan of, of the show, one of the very first ways that we tried to send a, 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 a signal to Twit TV of NSFW show was by using a sling box. We had one sling box at uh, my house, another one at the the twit corporate offices the network offices and uh uh, we would we would just it was point-to-point tunneling it was basically a vpn before vpn for video hardware to hardware um that's amazing um uh tom here's here's the details you've got a couple of years to get used to this slingbox servers will be taken offline november 9th 2022 so you have two years from the recording of this show uh to figure out what you're going to do uh, they will continue to provide maintenance updates to their apps for those in, in those two years just to keep security good, but they're not going to be adding features. Uh, so there you go. You got a couple of years to prepare for your Sling box. Again, not Sling TV, not the, the Sling streaming devices. We're talking about the old-fashioned Sling box. Uh, you have a couple of years before it will stop working. Do you, uh, do you believe anyone when they say forever services or forever anything, like when it comes to tech? No, <laughs> I, I believe they mean as long as this company exists yeah. and no one can really know how long that is. In Slingbox's case, it's not even as long as the company exists. The company kind of stopped existing when Dish bought them. Uh, it's as long as 
this product is viable. Uh, and in this case, uh, it's viable until November 9th, 2022, I guess. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who advised me to, uh, whenever releasing a product, never ever give a specific number. He said, uh, instead, always put limited release. And if anyone asks, explain that it means limited to the number of them I can sell. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I do want to say, uh, the very first CES I covered for CNET was the CES where Slingbox debuted and it won best of CES that year. Uh, it was a darling of CES. The inventors of it were overwhelmed. This was a startup. It was long before Dish owned them. And I remember running over to their booth, their tiny, tiny little booth and getting a prototype Slingbox from them to take to the CNET stage. And I remember the founder of Slingbox looking me in the eye and saying, we only have two of these. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I will be extremely careful with it. I won't, I, I won't do anything but show it on camera. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was really fun to, to watch the, the rise of Slingbox. It was a great product. It was of its time. We don't really need it anymore with streaming TV. Uh, so it is sad to see it go, but uh Good job. Oh, dude, box. but it was super punk rock back in the early days. Um, it really was. In, in yeah. a world where you had data on your DVR and the idea, like, I, I mean, it must have been, what, the iPhone was, what, two years old then, I, I would assume? Oh, oh so the, sling, the sling box uh, uh, CES that I went to was in 2005. Holy cow. Holy yeah. cow. Uh, yeah, no, that's amazing. All right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Not like this, it's all about location. Earlier this summer, you may have heard us uh, using Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet as shorthand for when movie theaters come back in business. Uh, but the world had other plans. Tenet did eventually release to theaters. It did make $293.3 million worldwide, made $53.8 million in the U.S., probably a disappointment no matter how you look at it either way for a movie like Tenet from a person like Christopher Nolan, but honestly not that bad for a movie released in a world where theaters were shut down in major movie markets like New York and Los Angeles and where many people just didn't have any inclination to go sit in an enclosed space with a bunch of other people. But I have good news for all of you who didn't go see Tenet at a drive-in or a regular theater. It's coming to 4K UHD Blu-ray, DVD, and digital December 15th. The 4K Blu-ray will cost you $44.95. The Blu-ray edition, $35.99. That'll be 1080p. And the DVD, $28.98. I didn't see a price for the digital edition, but I, I'm going to assume that's going to be somewhere around 1999 because i think pretty much everything is these days yeah i'm a bit surprised like how much let's let's say it is 1999 um i mean how much money are you making on the physical media and the distribution and the loading onto pallets and the shipping out to the places and the printing of all the packaging and all that stuff for a dvd well actually you, you probably that's probably for by the way i don't bucks. think i said the date it's december 15th that's when all of these are coming digital dvd or otherwise so december 15th is when you'll be able to watch it um I guess, I guess, uh, increasingly, I'm I'm just surprised to hear anything about physical copies. And I know, I know they're still out there, and we hear from them all the time at cordkillers at gmail.com. Um, uh, that there are people who, for very good reasons, love uh, uh, physical media. But it's increasingly surprising for me to hear about that part of the release. Yeah, 
Um, but there you go. They're still releasing them. Uh, now, there's a lot of confusion out there on when The Mandalorian might start production of season three. Remember, production of season two finished right before everything locked down. They just made it in under the gun. Uh, some sources are saying season three might start production this week. Uh, others are claiming it won't be till the spring or even next autumn. Uh, deadline notes that there are loads of rumors swirling out about spinoffs. Uh, and other Star Wars series that may be explaining this discrepancy. It may be that dates attached to a Mandalorian spinoff or to a Mandalorian-adjacent Star Wars series are getting mixed up with The Mandalorian. The loudest rumor is around a potential Boba Fett miniseries. There's also speculation that Cara Dune uh, would get a spinoff starring Gina Carano. Uh, there's a less reliable rumor out there that you might get Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan, uh, as she voiced it in Star Wars Rebels in her own spinoff. Uh, Disney Plus is also supposedly developing a female-driven series run by Leslie uh, Headland that might be set in an alternate timeline and not anything to do with The Mandalorian, actually, but but because of the nature of things, you know, the rumors might be messing that up as well. Which, which do you think is the bigger mitigating factor? Uh, the pandemic-related difficulties in shooting or... Just straight up, they're going to wait and see what numbers they get for Mandalorian season two. I I honestly don't think it's either one of these. I think there's probably, a well, at least for the Mandalorian, I think they've probably got a production schedule set for season three. But all of that stuff you talk about, probably more about numbers, goes into the other ones. And that's what's causing the fog. Because, you know, somebody tells somebody like, hey, we're shooting on this date. And then somebody else thinks, oh, but aren't they attached to this other series? And, and it just gets all confusing. Uh, the thing I took away from this, honestly, Brian, was, uh, wow, they have a lot of Star Wars television uh, in development and slash production. I mean, if if, if I were Disney uh, writ large in, in this environment, in a world where you could no longer release your mega blockbusters, they, all the children will constantly sing and the Disney vault's not a thing. And now you're, do, you're experiencing success online. Uh, and, and you have had, um, yes, they, uh, all of the star star Wars movies, uh, appear to have been financial successes, maybe not meeting expectations or whatever. Uh, if I'm somebody who has no dog in the fight and I'm leaning back looking at a bunch of things that I own, it's like, oh, shrug, I guess Star Wars always secretly wanted to be TV shows, so we'll make all of them. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's fine as as a fan and from, you know, as a theoretical stockholder, not a stockholder, I'm, by the I'm way. I'm not wildly excited about spinning off of The Mandalorian uh, willy-nilly. Uh, I, I want it to be justified, Maybe a Boba Fett mini series makes sense. Depends on where it's set. Depends on when and if Boba Fett plays into the Mandalorian. Uh, but well, I, oh, we, oh, I'm not. I'm not against them. Uh, I just don't want them to make the same mistake of milking a a property dry when there's nothing there to milk. Uh, I suppose the framework I'm thinking of is we already saw a simulation of this run in the 1990s with the Star Wars expanded universe of novels. Some of them were very, very good. Some of them were very, very bad, but there were certainly a lot of them. They certainly yeah, ran yeah. like crazy. Um, and if that's what we get in a TV version, thanks to Disney plus, then I'm, I'm on board. And yes, chat, I said justified and I meant it. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant in a Mandalorian spinoff. Uh, one thing we're definitely going to get is a Disney Plus Star Wars holiday special. 
A trailer is out for the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special celebrating Life Day with Ray and Finn and Poe and somehow Ray traveling through time, uh, meeting Darth Vader and various versions of Luke and Han and even Paw Palpatine. Dude, uh, I should hate everything about this. Uh, The only thing I should insist on is that they add a winky face emoji to Star Wars Holiday Special. Wink! But I I suspect it'll be good. I mean, in the trailer looks amazing. I have seen it. I am under NDA from telling you what I think about it. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And that's not a, that's not a comment one way or the other. Nope. Uh, That's good enough. I mean, I, I, the Lego brand has uh, unified itself with the idea of kind of a detached irony from the very beginning, or at least from the beginning of its big success. So uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it's excellent. Yeah, I think this is coming out December 14th. I can't find the date now, suddenly. Uh, The day before Tenet finally hits DVD. December 14th is also the day that the Electoral College votes are due. Mm. They don't count them until... Uh, This will be November 17th. This will be in one week. Oh, November 17th. Oh, so it's coming coming soon. All right. Which I think is already in the house, Tom. (laughs) Run! Isn't that I probably can tell you what I think, uh, (laughs) but that's not what I was told. So, okay. Isn't that the original... Life Day date November seventeenth is that why? Oh, is it? Uh, I, that makes sense. I think so. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks funny. the The trailer's hilarious. So it it it's it's meant in a spirit of fun. There's a lot of in jokes in the trailer. So there you go. Uh, here's something that may mark the turning of a tide or other. NBC is pulling a show called Connecting from broadcast, uh, and will show the last four episodes of Connecting on Peacock. Connecting is a comedy about friends staying close through video chats during the pandemic. Uh, It was sort of a necessity when it was launched because they weren't able to produce other stuff to fill time, but it will now give up its Thursday time slot to Superstore. Man, I, I, there's no way for us to know, but I would love to talk to somebody just privately about all of the, the alchemy that goes into, okay, this only got the time slot because we needed something to fill, but it hit this certain threshold of success, but then it's so popular that we figure it could bring people to this other online streaming thing that we're putting together. So we're yanking the one thing and putting the other in. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely an equation there. that and, and the fact that you have Peacock now, right? That's the other part of this story is in the past, that would have meant we're pulling it down and you'll never see these or the, we'll run them on the weekends or maybe we put them on USA Network or, or something like that. Now you got Peacock. So it's a great way to be like, hey, desperate fans, go over there. Well, well, you know, if that had, if that had happened to Timeless, the, the superhero show that they canceled and ended up showing on Tubi, it would have gone to peacock absolutely it's 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 like a different gameplay mechanic being added to it like in gears of war when the the, the reload gameplay mechanic it added a little timing mechanism that would give you a boost or whatever um, yeah or mortal Kombat. it wasn't timeless I, I said the wrong one what was the one with um no, 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 with I, the super the people who are outside of superheroes oh the insurance they, one was that yeah powers was that also called powers no powerless power powerless okay yeah there we go powers uh, Oof, that was that sony show Now, connecting implies that we're getting out of pandemic production constraints because they're like, we're confident we have plenty of good stuff. We don't need to have a gimmick show on. However, another big name movie has been delayed. Fantastic Beasts 3 will now open sometime in the summer of 2022. It was originally scheduled to release November 12th next year. 
Some of that is likely due to the pandemic, uh, but part of it is certainly due to the recasting of the role of Grindelwald, uh, which was played in the first two movies by Johnny Depp. Uh, Depp was asked to leave the franchise after losing a libel case against the British tabloid The Sun after The Sun called him a wife beater. Man, that's so weird that in an alternate reality, a judicial uh, decision came down differently and they decided to keep him despite all the facts behind everything being different, the same. I don't know. That's, that's, that's above my pay grade, but weird. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is fascinating to me as well. Uh, a few other notes, Sky TV and Narrativa productions are going to adapt Terry Pratchett's Discworld novel, the amazing Maurice and his educated rodents for TV. All-star cast of voices, Hugh Laurie, Amelia Clark, Gemma Arterton, David Tulis, Himesh Patel, Hugh Bonneville, uh, just among some of the people who will voice the animated production. Netflix's first Egyptian original series, Paranormal, launched last Thursday. It's based on an Egyptian novel by Ahmed Khalid Tofik, and uh, actually a series of books uh, from that author. First episodes of HBO Max's DC series Titans and a new HBO Max series starring Kaylee Cuoco called The Flight Attendant will air during a special block called Thanksgiving to the HBO Max, which will run from November 26th through the 29th on TNT, TBS, and True TV. Man, this this smells like from the way it's described, uh, uh, the last of these items, uh, as though they're they're they're. I, I think we're increasingly going to see people courting. Load our app, turn it on. Don't worry about the rest of the night. We got you for this night. Uh, you don't have to pay attention to us the rest of the time. Uh, we'd, we'd love it if not, you did. That's not an app. What, what, or, or, sorry, sorry. Uh, Turn uh, on the channel TNT and watch these HBO Max shows on your cable television. Uh, okay, uh, it's so confusing. I just want uh, I want simple and dumb, but you're right. Well, because uh, okay, okay. you have HBO Max. This is I do. I do. I, 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 this although, is for okay. the person who doesn't have HBO Max who watches TBS because it's, you know, all about comedy. And then they see these shows and they're like, oh, those are the kinds of shows on HBO Max. Maybe I should sign up. And I'm sure this is going to be plastered with sign up for HBO Max now at a special introductory rate. But meanwhile, I'm a dumber version of that story because I do have HBO Max because I get it for free because my cable provider happens to be AT&T and I don't even use it. I'm still paying for regular HBO, which is how I try to watch Larry Sanders. I told stuff. you to cancel your I know, regular I know. HBO. Look, I'm dumber than... <laughs> Oh, I'm the dumbest, best customer. Please make it easy for me. Thanksgiving to the HBO Max. All right. Let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. You want me to go first? Or you got something? Uh, uh, you know what? I, I really don't have much this week. It, it um, uh, I mean, outside of our regular suspects, uh, I've, I've been doing less video. Oh, you know what? I, I mean, if I didn't talk about it enough last week, uh, the Queen's Gambit, I, I continue to work through. That's. Oh, wait. I, I know that was the on the lookout, uh, but... Didn't that's literally uh, all i've done and top it's also yeah. my eyes it was going to be my <laughs> eyes on until i noticed that it was also the on the lookout so we'll all we talk, about, just talk queen's about queen's gambit, gambit for a minute yeah, let's just talk well, about queen's gambit that's fine before we let's save that because that's on the lookout we can translate transfer it on the lookout and then all three of us could talk about it but i do want to mention the movie soul coming Ooh. out december 25th how was i it? got a pre preview of it and it's delightful oh that's great. uh how does it rank the pantheon of pixar movies is it a coco or is it a cars uh it's above cars <sighs> i can't decide on coco i think it's nipping at the heels of coco uh what about wow, uh what high. about um uh in in, in uh, what, what's the one with the inside the head one inside out oh inside um out? 
picture perfect inside, inside out. Inside out. Inside out. Inside out. So I, I like this out. bit yeah. where we all pretend to not hear. I like it where you say the right safe. thing and I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. no. I think the feature film in the question is, like, no, not that inside out. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, inside out didn't sound right until I thought about it twice. Uh, yes. Uh, it's right there with inside out. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. All right, let's see what have we got on the lookout. <laughs> so yeah, if you've logged on to Netflix lately, it might have shown you a program called The Queen's Gambit, which is uh, what we're all going to talk about here a little bit. Uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, it is uh, a fictional tale of Beth Harmon, an orphan in Cold War era Kentucky who discovers a passion and innate talent for chess. It follows her life growing up, learning the game, rising through the ranks, uh, battling the coming of age and substance abuse. Uh, for a show about chess, uh, it, it doesn't leave you really hanging with during the actual, you know, high, the chess bits. You know, they have commentary and the visual direction are such that you know what you're supposed to be feeling. Um, that works for most of it. I think some of the end end game of the show, haha, uh, is maybe a little paint by numbers by that point. There's a little bit of like, oh, that is cool good for you uh but i, I think it's good and it, it, the other half of this is it's dealing with her emotional development uh her turmoil you know the remembering the last moments uh with her mother as a child her addiction to tranquilizers and alcohol uh i think it's a fine show it doesn't overstay its welcome seven hours seven hour long episodes is uh maybe a, a little longer than it needs to be but but is relatively short given everything else out there right now but I, I i think it's cool i actually just finished it a couple of hours ago and i think it's a i think it's a solid singular season of a of a thing uh that has like a lot of excitement i guess I'll, i guess the thing that surprised me is it has a lot of excitement for chess which i don't think is visually exciting it's unique but it's not visually uh, so, so it sounds to me like uh, once once I hit the end of this, it's not going to be like I'm going to be on the hook for. Well, I wonder what's in season two. I they've they specifically called it a limited miniseries, yeah. so I would not expect, and I would. Yeah, not. it's only seven episodes too. It's not like a full right. ten or twelve or anything. Uh, three uh, and episodes it definitely does not feel like an ongoing story now. Yeah, uh, three episodes in, uh, I made a game of pressing pause and kind of like looking at the chess boards in the mm. corners and and watching the moves and being all like yeah no that tracks that uh, you're I would opening like to, up that position and i would like to know especially after you finish the final episode what you think about that element specifically because i'm i'm not i don't know i know how to play chess but i don't know any of the high level play and it makes the very high tension moments uh just a lot of like it's like someone telling you how a chess game went. Oh, well, they had me on the ropes, but then at See, the end... I, I, I feel the opposite really? of you. Uh, I, am, I am not sufficiently knowledgeable about chess to know what is on that board, uh, but I felt like they did a great job of like, I don't have to know what's on that board. If it's right, great. But oh, if I it's agree. not, like I am getting the tension from the situation, from the looks uh, and from the way they set it up. And I thought that was handled really, really well. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent for the record, Tom. I agree with you on that sentiment a hundred percent. I I think that um, they played it safe in that they accurately, when they mentioned a book opening, it was a real book book opening. When they depicted a board, it was play that made sense. Um, uh, that's one thing that's kind of fun is to realize a lot of these are kind of one extended shot. And so as a result, not only did the script mean they had to remember what to say to each other, they also had to remember what moves to make because the games have to make sense as, as well. Um, uh, and also, well, a, a, 
I did notice in the second half of the show, a lot of cutting away from the board. A uh, lot of cutting wait, okay, away from well, the board. Well, well, uh, thankfully, but. I assume there's a lot of people like me who are going <laughs> back and double checking that board. Uh, they also, you know, uh, for uh, they're also representing a three hour match in, you know, with, with moves that uh, are faster than speed chess, you know, uh, but, but. Um, as somebody, and, and I'm, I'm far from uh, good at chess, but I did love it deeply. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was president of the chess club when I was in high school. And I could say that because we all agreed when our teachers said, hey, all 12 of you, make sure on your college resumes to say you were president of the chess club uh, because you're all president. And, uh, and so uh, uh, because of that, anyway, it, um, uh, everything seemed to make sense. And I like that. I like that they yeah. didn't try to teach chess during it. The uh, we, we like blazed through this. Uh, we started at mid midweek, maybe Thursday. I can't remember exactly, and we're wow. done with it uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, thought I, I I'm a sucker for a period piece, so I'm already going to be like, this is just pretty. It's well well staged, well shot, uh, fun to watch. And and then I thought the story was compelling too because even though it's fictional, it's she's not a Mary Sue who's perfect at chess. She's just really talented, and she faces adversity both in the chess world and personally. Uh, and and I liked the way that story was told. So I went and I dug up a little bit uh, to find out where the story came from. It's based on a 1983 book mm-hmm. uh, from a C class player who just went and pulled games from Kasparov and, and others uh, and wove them into this narrative. So I don't know if the production relied only on that or added in uh, its own expertise, but it, it they were building on something that had a, a very real basis in chess. Uh, it's definitely a visual treat. I, I liked the idea. Um, many people are familiar with uh, uh, the so-called uh, uh, Tetris effect, where if you play Tetris enough, when you lay down at night, you can, you know, you just can't stop start seeing, seeing yeah. things. Um, yeah, like yeah. I had that for chess with night moves. I would at night I would go to bed and I would just picture night moves and in fact to this very day anytime there's a grid I I can't stop myself from walking Hmm. two forward one right two forward one left or whatever so the fact that you know the main character visualizes chess moves as she's trying to go to bed I thought all that was I visually stunning I enjoyed it quite a bit yeah I I I think it's good I I I don't know I I I I enjoyed it I enjoyed it for what it was I enjoyed it as not a serious thing I guess Hmm. You know. Anya Taylor Joy, who plays the the lead character Beth Harmon, uh, also cast as young Furiosa. Oh, oh nice! Oh, very cool. Uh, so a, a little side note there. Uh, that's the Queen's Gambit. We talked about it here for a few minutes with you. I hope you enjoyed it and check it out. Uh, that's streaming on Netflix. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. Hey folks, uh, I got a book out and it's now available in all formats. Uh, remember me talking about this back in March and I was like, you can get the ebook and the audiobook. The print books are in a warehouse that's locked up in the Bay Area. Well, it's not locked up anymore. You can buy print versions of Trigger, a time traveling adventure about Pilot X and his timeship Verity. If you've read Pilot X, uh, this will continue that story. But because it's a time traveling adventure, you can read them whatever order you want. Go read Trigger first and then go read Pilot X. It'll all make sense either way. Uh, so go check it out at tommeritbooks.com. Have you gotten any reviews yet that specifically had people read them in quote unquote reverse order? What is reverse? I haven't mean? had any that said that. that oh, admitted that please. Yet. I know. Somebody I would, I would read like Trigger first that. and then read Pilot X. That'll be a lot of fun. Meanwhile, what are you going to read it on? Well, it's not like you got a computer. You and I both know it. We're all talking about it. I'm sorry. I know it's embarrassing. Why don't you get yourself a computer? Head on over to our friends over at doghousesystems.com slash rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E. These are the folks who have provided us with all the equipment that brings together 
together these shows uh, and you could get an SSD with your order, but most importantly, it'll be making us look good and you will get top quality, unbelievable customer service. You are going to be taken care of. You will never, ever, 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 ever be made the sucker as long as you go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue. Let's advance to the front lines. Front lines. Last Thursday, Discovery CEO David Zaslav took issue with T-Mobile selling its channels in that T-Mobile Vibe package of the T-Vision streaming service that we talked about. Zaslav says he does not believe T-Mobile has the right to do it the way it's doing it. Uh, ViacomCBS expressed a similar concern. Now, T-Mobile has said they vetted their offering with all distributors before launch, but they're talking to the networks and remain, quote, open-minded. Here's what the problem is. If you remember, the clever thing T-Mobile did was to add the Viacom channels like Comedy Central and MTV and the Discovery channels to a separate package called Vibe. The networks are requiring those channels to be in any basic offering, because if you're in the basic offering, you get more subscribers, you make more money. That makes them more expensive. But T-Mobile argues that Vibe is a separate service from Vision. And its own basic tier, not an add-on. And that is true because you can get Vibe without getting the rest of T-Vision and Vibe does not come with all the features of T-Vision. You can get them both. They're both accessible in the same app, but they're separate services. However, Discovery and Viacom do not seem pleased with that. Do you uh, do you have a strong gut take on on the smell test on this? Like like if we offered cord killers, I mean, I think we I guess we we currently distribute live over Twitch, and you could do the video on demand through Twitch. We have an RSS feed for the audio, and we have YouTube on there. But if we also hosted local MP4s, which well, I guess we do with the RSS feed. The the point is like like. We can't declare ourselves to be an over-the-top network just by hosting it one more way or, or something. I, I, I think this is what happened. I think T-Mobile sat down with these folks and said, here's what we're going to do. You know Sling TV. Sling TV has an orange package uh, that has Fox channels and it has a blue package that has NBC channels. And people can get either one of them. They're both basic packages. Uh, and you can mix and match, have them both or neither one, right? You're cool with that. Those networks are cool with that. We're going to do something similar with you. It's going to be the vibe package with your channels. And there's going to be this other package with some other channels and people can get both of them. And they probably said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sounds great. You're paying us the right amount. Uh, here are the projections for vibe subscriptions. That looks good. We're all on board. Then they saw the rollout and the rollout, despite T-Mobile's best efforts, constantly referred to vibe as an add-on to T-Vision. And it. I think that's when they said, Whoa, now, hold on. We do not want to be seen as an add-on. You promised us sling orange and blue, but this feels different. This doesn't so feel th like that. This, if we're going by feeling, then this is the difference between being extended cable versus basic cable, like quote unquote, real cable versus, um, you know, d discovery, science, astronomy edition. Uh, and my guess is T-Mobile is saying, look, guys, we talked about this. This is, you know, I don't, I know CNET wrote a headline that says this, but that's not what we're offering. Look at our website. Got it. And trying to like smooth it over. 
I would imagine maybe some marketing tweaks to how this is offered. I don't know. I'll be interesting to see how they resolve it. Uh, well, I wonder how high a quality a stream. Sorry, I'm trying to do a segue. I don't have one. Uh, Xiaomi had announced the Mi Box 4S Pro, which can stream video at 8K. It's not clear what, if any, services will stream at 8K, but it's there for when they arrive. The Mi Box 4S Pro sells for 399 yuan, about $60 US, available in China. Uh, Xiaomi has no plans for worldwide release um I, 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 we're well pat like 8k how your eyes can't they like what would like uh... there's a lot of things you can do with 8k when you have that many pixels i think that's where 8k will end up going is like like we did with 4k where they're like it's not 4k it's hdr hdr works so much better when you have that many pixels to work with and hdr became the selling point for 4k there will be something like that with 8k where you're like when you have even more pixels you can do these interesting zooms or these interesting effects actually look convincing etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and, uh, uh, for for instance they're doing 8k streams into stadiums because it allows them to do more detailed instant replays where they can really zoom in and see did the foot actually touch the line or not we can actually see all the pixels stuff like that yeah i guess now that i'm thinking about it um um, um, I, I, I might be making this up. Tom, can we do a tech minute moment uh, where Brian Let's makes try. something up and you can tell sure. him if it's right? Um, when it came to when it comes to print printing, you have CMYK and RGB and different graphic formats or whatever. Would, would it be possible with an AK thing to have like 4K of it dedicated to one type of color palette and another 4K dedicated to another type of color palette? Mm -hmm. yeah, okay, I think so. So yeah, cool absolutely. things that, that we cannot yet imagine might be possible because of HK. Eight, sure, eight, sure. Eight, yeah, eight. yeah. Got it. No, exactly. Uh, Roku earned nine cents a share in Q3, and analysts had expected it to lose 40 cents a share. I, I alluded to this earlier in the show. Active Roku accounts rose 43% to 46 million, while streaming hours rose 54% to 14.8 billion. Sales of Roku hardware increased 57% on the year. But Roku's in the midst of moving from being hardware focused to ad sales focused. And to that end, the company announced that its Roku channel now has 54 million viewers and monetized video ad impressions were up 90% on the year. Roku CFO Steve Loudon said, we're not going back to the way it was. COVID triggered a lasting durable change in how marketers are thinking about their TV ad spend. In other words, like they're spending money with us now, not you, and it's going to stay that way. Uh, this may help you understand why Roku has had those disputes with Peacock and HBO Max because its future is setting precedents that let it make ad money off the biggest players on its platform. And it wanted to get as much of that out of the gate because it's harder to get that to increase later on. Man, this is one of those things that's so bizarre and kind of hard to wrap your mind around. Like that decade, what, two decades or however long that we thought they were building hardware, they were building a mental scaffold scaffolding for four letters, two syllables, Roku. That, the real value that they're, of course, they're exercising and they should, is the fact that, that the word Roku means something to millions of people, like the word Coke does, you know? Yeah. This this is the original Roku in my hand. It has an S video port. That's how old it is, right? Uh, and it doesn't say Netflix player on the plot front, even though that's how it was sold. I mean, uh, for the same reason that Netflix didn't advertise themselves by as DVD by mail. Uh, instead, they, they called themselves Netflix. And now Netflix means yep. something different. Uh, AMC Theater struck a deal with Universal earlier this year to allow some movies to be exempt from the 90-day theatrical exclusive window to as few as 17 days. 
that's what, uh, two weekends or three weekends. Cinemark said it would not do that at all. Instead, it has announced that it'll take a dynamic approach to theatrical windows, adjusting them on a film-by-film basis. Cinemark stresses this is not at all the same thing as what AMC is doing because it is not a formal shift in the window. I think that's a fine and smart way to phrase it, where it's like, hey, man, we're not going to commit to Jack. We're going to commit to talking to people who have movies and figuring out what we want to do at any given time. I mean, that's really the only difference here, though. AMC came out and said, we made a deal with NBC. Uh, Some of their movies will be as few as 17 days, but a lot of them will still be 90. And Cinemark's like, we're not making any deals. We're going movie by movie, but we'll totally do a 17-day window because we kind of have to. <laughs> which, 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 again, is probably a smart play for them to make. You know? yeah, Don't right. give it to- no, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but, we do you know, not if you're negotiate like, with if terrorists you're squinting, unless, if you're, <laughs> unless it'll save their lives. I mean, let us know. If you're know. squinting at this going like, wait, are they not saying the same thing? They, they're kind of saying the same thing. Uh, combined paid subscribers to CBS All Access and Showtime rose from 13.5 million last quarter to 17.9 million this quarter. Viacom CBS raised its target for the end of the year from 18 million, which it already almost has, to 19 million now. Uh, Pluto TV, which is also owned by Viacom CBS, reached 28.4 million monthly active users. Total streaming and digital revenue rose 56%. Viacom CBS also announced it would shut down some of its smaller streaming services and fold them into Paramount Plus. Of course, that's the new name for CBS All Access uh, that'll come along sometime after the first of the year. Viacom CBS didn't say which of the smaller streaming services it would shut down, uh, but it does operate MTV Hits, Nick Hits, Comedy Central Now, and Noggin, Noggin being the biggest of those. And finally, Sling TV gained 203,000 subscribers in Q3, offsetting a drop of 87,000 subscribers uh, to Dish Satellite Service. Dish ended up with 8.96 million Dish subscribers and uh, 2.46 million Sling TV subscribers. (laughs) Million Killian, I wrote. Uh, I do like the Million Killian. (laughs) (laughs) Just million. million. If Court Killers has a kid, that's what it will name him. Uh, yeah, so uh, pretty good. I mean, Sling TV uh, still, uh, in fact, kind of supporting that end of the business for Dish. Uh, they have a, they have other businesses like uh, Boost Mobile, for instance, uh, that they bought recently. But but yeah, uh, Sling TV, the future of Dish. Yeah. Let's get to the dispatch from the front. By the way, totally heard that singular. Because <laughs> you know what? All we needed was a note from Norm. Norm wrote in and said, hey, guys. I heard y'all talking about the Netflix price increase and was excited to log into Netflix and decrease my package. Cause he's like, they're raising prices. I'm going down to the lowest tier. Norm then writes, however, I logged in and realized I was already on the basic plan. The one they're not raising the price on. At least I finally realized why my wife's iPad and my phone could never download content. At least that's something. Uh, yeah, dude, you're welcome, Said says Netflix. <laughs> We're glad you know now. Uh, by the way, uh, we, we do love all of your feedback. Make sure to hit us up, cordkillers at gmail.com. Indeed. Uh, keep them coming, folks. We love to hear from you. Our website is cordkillers.com. As Brian just mentioned, that email address, cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will see you again in our dreams and talk to you next week. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons 
you know what? I love them more than not life itself because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>